0: Macron's single global order, Desantis's refreshing stance on Israel and globalism, strained U.S.-Israel ties, Biden forcing us to pay for the climate change hoax, and much more in today's headlines. We'll, we'll analyze these events from a biblical prophetic perspective on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, the Bible says that the seat of the Antichrist will be the European Union. And we know that because of the ten toes on Nebuchadnezzar's vision in Daniel chapter 2. The ten toes are the exact same things as the ten horns symbolizing the European Union on, in um, Daniel's vision in Daniel chapter 7, in the four beast, the uh, lion with eagle's wings, the bear, the four-headed leopard, and the ten-horned beast. That's the current European Union. And the Bible says, up among those ten horns, one horn would uproot three, become great, have a mouth speaking great things. That is the Antichrist. He comes up from the European Union. I know there are a lot of people that are trying to teach that he's coming from the United States, he's coming from the Middle East somewhere, but that's simply not the case according to Scripture. Now, why that is so significant to today's topic is because when we have a list here, Doug and I normally have a list of about eight or ten people, and it's always evolving and changing and things of who could be potential Antichrist candidates. Of course, the revealing of the Antichrist, that's a few years away yet. But we always keep potential candidates on that list. Gorbachev was on that list years ago. Vladimir Putin, several different people. Anyway, one of the people on our list is uh, Emmanuel Macron. And uh, as a potential Antichrist candidate, he's from Europe. And so that's what a lot of people have said, well, hey, maybe Donald Trump or Jared Kushner or some of these uh, No, they're from the United States. They can't be the Antichrist. He's going to come out of the European Union. He will be the leading politician in Europe before all is said and done. So when we watch this, I watch the leaders of Europe. Now, Emmanuel Macron has been all about a world-governing body for, for years now. And the Gateway Pundit reported that the APEC Summit opened on... Friday in Thailand. And it was the last of three world summits hosted in the region this month. Well, at that meeting, Emmanuel Macron stated, he says, are you on the U.S. or the Chinese side? He's recognizing a, a parallel uh, world orders here, the, the China and Russia and Iran challenging the existing world order that was established after World War II with the United Nations. Well, Emmanuel Macron stated at this global uh, conference, are you on the U.S. side or are you on the Chinese side? Because now, progressively, a lot of people would like to see that there are two orders in this world. And Emmanuel Macron says, that's a huge mistake. Even for both the U.S. and China, what we really need, he says is a single global order. Now, you can read through these things and just think, well, that's just another article, something else Emmanuel Macron said. But it's very significant when you look at it through the eyes of Bible prophecy. We know in the end time that there's going to be a world-governing body established. It will be a rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire, which was already reborn back in 2009 with the signing of the Lisbon Treaty. The European Union will be the seat of power, of, of global power, in the end time. They will be the leader of that world-governing body, and the leading politician of that will be the Antichrist. The way we know that, Daniel 2, the five uh, the five um, images, or the five sections to Nebuchadnezzar's vision, the head of gold, arms and breasts of silver, belly and thighs of breasts, legs of iron, feet of iron, mingled with clay— the feet of iron mingled with clay, symbolizing the Holy Roman Empire, or the current European Union in 2022. So we know that the, that will be the, the, the last empire. If you remember in Daniel 2, the stone that was uh, hewn out of the mountain without hands and came rolling down and smashed the image on the feet, that final world-governing empire, that empire will be in power at the time when Jesus Christ comes back to establish His kingdom here on the earth. And the Bible says out of that entity will arise the Antichrist. And so when I see a politician from Europe who, ha- who is a total, total globalist, believes in a world-governing body, believes that the European Union should be the head of that world-governing body, and, or that the, the European Union should align with the world-governing, uh, world-governing edicts, of the United Nations and different things, that, hey, the United States is going off of their position as the leader of this world government. Europe should fill the role. Then we, when you know that from a biblical perspective, then you understand the significance of some of these statements. Hey, we don't need China and Russia and some of these other uh, nations coming alongside and trying to form a parallel world governing body. No. Emmanuel Macron says we need a single global order. What global order is he talking about? the world, the end-time world governing body that will be established and in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Folks, we're watching this happening right now on many uh, different levels, aren't we? I just did an interview with Kevin Freeman. Uh, we'll be playing that here probably next week when the editors get done with it. And he talked about uh, all of the socialistic, communistic leaders and nations that have formed and that are trying to push their edicts here on the United States. And we know from the prophecies of the Bible that the end-time world government will, be, will have a socialistic, communistic ideology, and the Antichrist will be a socialist-communist. Basically, synonymous terms. Socialism is the economic uh, portion of it, and the communism is the political part. They would come in and just take over militarily. And so they're really synonymous terms. They're both working to the same uh, goal, and that is complete control of a nation. And so they're working to implement that here in the United States. The United States is one of the last great bastions of freedom on the planet, this capitalistic entity. They've got to do away with capitalism and our capitalistic uh, society here to implement socialism and communism. They can't take over if everybody's capitalistic, running their own thing, making their own money. It doesn't work. So they've got to do away with that and get everybody um, uh, enslaved with by um, socialism and communism where they can take over our economy and our businesses and then they can run America. That's what's really going on in the world right now and it's very, very prophetic. And now here's Emmanuel Macron saying, no, we don't need parallel world governments going on in the, in the earth. We need a single global or- order. And when all is said and done, he'd love to run it. I'm not saying he's the Antichrist, but I'm saying he certainly would be one of our potential candidates on that ever-evolving list of 10.
1: Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com future or call 800 in time That's 800-363-8463.
2: Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started In Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
1: What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the NWH television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says serving end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information.
0: You know everybody as we study these prophecies It's very important that we understand we're not trying to scare people and saying, we're in the end time and be scared to death and, you know, go crawl in a foxhole somewhere. It's not what we're trying to do. We are showing you these things because it helps to ease your mind. Hey, I know what's coming. I know how I kind of settle in here. I've got a job to do. The Lord has given us all a job to do, and that's to be ambassadors for His kingdom on the earth all the way to the end. I need to be evangelizing. I need to be sharing the Word of God and sharing the gospel of the kingdom of God, that message, seeking first the kingdom of God. And we can make it through these end times. We really can. You say, well, yeah, but you guys teach a a post trib rapture and some people are going to be persecuted. Yes, they will. I totally understand that. But... If you can be prepared mentally for what's coming, in other words, it's like a you can either go through it and it's a complete shock, or you can be mentally prepared for what's coming and be in evangelism mode. And you say, "How are we going to make it?" But you just talked about a world government, Dave. How are we going to make it through that? The same way the apostles did. The apostles were under the reign of a world government. Rome ruled the world during that time, and yet they. What was their mindset? Were they scared and hiding in a foxhole? Nope. They were in evangelism mode. And they were led by the Spirit of God. I was talking to our staff this morning about being led by the Spirit of God and having a daily prayer life and having God lead and guide you. I'm telling you, the Antichrist will have no clue with what to do with people who are Spirit-led people full of the Holy Ghost, that have a daily prayer life, the Antichrist is going to be clueless. I told them, I said, there may come a time in the future when we may be put in jail and the angel come and open the jail cell and let us out. Now, I say that and a lot of people think, oh, that stuff happened with the apostles. That's exactly my point. God can do miracles today like He did then for the apostles. The apostles were walking in the Spirit. The Bible says they are led by the Spirit of God. They're the sons of God. And so what, do we need, what needs to be our mindset in the end time? I've got to get as close to the Lord as possible. I've got to have a daily relationship with Him. I've got to talk to Him daily. I've got to be in evangelism mode. I've got to do the job that He has commissioned us to do. The Great Commission. Go ye into all the world. Teach them, baptize them, teach them to observe all the things that I've taught you. That's our job. That's the great commission for the church in the end time. Be spirit led. Go through the book of Romans where the Apostle Paul was teaching them to be spirit led individuals. The the church in Rome was dealing with all kinds of stuff. And he said, Look, be spirit led, trust in the Lord. Put your hope and faith and trust in Him. Be spirit-lit individuals. And so it's very important that we understand that in 2022. We're the same church that they are. They were 2,000 years ago. It's the same church. We're serving the same God. It's the same body of Christ. When the rapture sounds, guess what? We'll go and they'll go as well. So it's important that we understand these things because we do not teach prophecy as fear. We're teaching hope and faith and love and and, and assurance that when the Lord comes back, I'm going to go to be with Him. You say, but we might have to to, um, withstand some things in the end. Yeah, we will. Consider all the Christians that have lived from the time of the apostles until right now. They've had to endure some things. There's been persecution. But can you say that they were not successful people, or that they, got, they did not prevail with God. When somebody's persecuted, does that mean God has forsaken them? And that, oh, God let them down because they were persecuted? No, that's not what it's saying. God doesn't look at things through our eyes. The Bible says God's ways are higher than our ways. God's thoughts are way above our thoughts. So when we look at persecution and things in the future... God sees death as a doorway to a much better place. The Apostle Paul, he was actually torn. He was a very, very spirit-led individual, and he said, you know, I'm torn. He said, I go, I, I, it, it, if it were me, I know I, I would love to go and be with the Lord. But I, I'm, I'm torn because I know you need me to stay here and to teach you and to minister to you. And, but he was torn. He wanted to go on. And so the Bible talks about that the Lord destroyed him that had the power over death and that he took away the, um, the, the fear of death that had captivated people through their whole life. The fear of death. And there have been many great women in God, many great men and women of God over the years that have just didn't fear death. They wanted to be here to minister to people and to help people and to get people prepared for the second coming. But if, if God chose that, they were like, hey, I'm ready because I know I'm going to go to be with Him. So it's a different mindset. And we may be talking about those things and teaching on those things maybe over the next couple days about how to prepare yourself and the mindset to have and different things uh, because it's very, very important. I talk to a lot of Christians. I have friends who are ministers that kind of live in fear mode and not, not scared out of their mind, but just really um, jittery and anxious about the end times and not, don't even like to talk about it. I don't want to teach my church that because it may get them scared to death. And then, you know, they, they, they may not have us come to speak at their church because they think I'm going to come in there and scare them. That's not what we do. I'm coming there to teach a message of hope, faith, and love. Would you rather not know this stuff's coming? And you say, well, everybody on earth is going to be killed by the antichrist. No, I've heard that as well. That's not true. That's absolutely not true. The Bible says at the time of the rapture, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. There will be Christians who make it all the way through that. There will be some that are persecuted. You say, Dave, this is not a real popular topic to talk about. The thing is, I'd rather talk about it, get it out here on the table, lay it out there, and say, okay, here's what we're going to have to deal with, and what do we do? How did the apostles deal with it? How did other people throughout time deal with it? Then to get there, and it just hits us in the face, right? Now, let's, let's talk about, it. Uh, we're running around scared. No, because it puts a sense of urgency in me. I, I know we're in the end time. I need to prepare people for the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's what this thing's all about. And that's why we do this every day. Do you realize that I am sending, me, Doug Norvell, we have a team of people here, that we are sending people to churches all over the world? We have into of the H Plus. We have the Jerusalem Prophecy College. We have our website. We're on TV. We're on the radio. We send out a, a bi-monthly magazine, End Time Magazine. We do prophecy conferences. I, I, did, I don't know even know how many prophecy conferences I did this year. And... We have global correspondence. We've got the Prophecy College in Jerusalem with new guests coming all the time. And we're reaching people all over the world. I have, I've, I've sent people to churches you can't imagine. I've had to get a hold of missionaries. And we, I've sent um, guys and ladies. I sent a guy uh, the other day who went over to Poland, you know, where those missiles just hit. Uh, the missile just hit the other day that we've already got guys who have been sent over there since Russia invaded Ukraine. We had some guys this summer sent in the military over to Poland, and I found one of them a church in Poland so he could attend church while he was stationed there because we didn't know exactly how far Russia was going to go and a lot of different things. I've worked with the military for years and years and years and found people, churches all over the world. End-time ministries is reaching a lot of people and because people want to know what's coming in the end time. Not knowing would cause me to fear. But God wanted us to know, right? He laid out all these prophecies and says, hey, I tell you these things before they come to pass that when they come to pass you might believe. Prophecy builds faith in the Word of God. And the Word of God gives me a calming effect. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. And so I want to be safe. Jesus Christ is the only place of safety. And so I'm going to be as close to Him as I can get in these end times. I want to know the Word of God and I want to know God personally. I want to talk to Him and I want Him talking back to me. Now, I know there are people on uh, different media sources that are saying, well, hey, if you think God talks to you, then you've got a, a, a mental situation going on. Well, I would challenge that because I know many great men and women of God, myself, that I talk to God on a daily basis and God speaks back to me. He said, well, have you ever heard an audible voice? I've never heard that. But I know when God's speaking to me, it's just an impression that comes on me so strong, I can't get it out of my mind, and I know it's God. I can discern that voice from any other voice, but I know that He's speaking to me, and I'm like, man, I, I just I've got to do this. I tell my wife, I, the Lord's been talking to me about something, and when I act upon it, it works every time. It's never God's never failed me one time, and that's one of the reasons I'm here at End Time Ministries is because Irvin Baxter came to me one day and said, Dave, I think it's God's will you come to end time. I was working in corporate America in sales for a big factory. And my father-in-law came to me and said, I think it's God's will you come to end time. And I said, what? What am I going to do at end time? And he goes, he told me this. This is what he said. Irvin Baxter, you'd have to know him. He said, I, I don't know. But he said, I believe it's God's will. I've been, I've been praying and he said, I believe God's been speaking to me about you coming in time. And I said, uh, I, I, I was shocked. And he said, well, you think about it and you pray about it, Dave. And, bef- and I was sitting in his driveway at his house. And I pulled out. I was, ate lunch at his house. I was going back to work that day. And before I got to the end of the driveway, something just like touched me right in my chest and in my mind and said, this is it because I was not working at uh, things that the the situation at the factory wasn't the best, okay, spiritual-wise. And something hit me and said, Dave, this is it, man. If you don't get right with the Lord, and you don't take this path that I'm calling you down, you'll never never make it. You're going to go down the wrong paths, things you shouldn't do, and this is your fork in the road in your life. And I went right back and quit my job. I went in talked to the owners of the factory, and I said, I'm giving you two weeks. And they said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to go into ministry. And they were like, what? You're going to go into ministry? Are you out of your mind? I mean, I was, you know, done all kinds of stuff besides ministry my whole life. And I came here to End Time Ministries, and I was a fish out of water for years. But I started praying and asking God, you got to help me here. I don't even know what I'm doing. And I finally started teaching end-time Bible studies. God impre- I had that impression come upon me, start teaching end-time Bible studies. I started doing that. I started win- winning people to God. And that's when I got the fire lit in me, folks, to win people to God and prepare them for the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's what this thing is all about. I thought life was about the big house, the big truck. All the money and just, I'm, I'm chasing, you know, uh, the American dream. There's nothing wrong with that. But I didn't have God where I needed him in my life. But I'm telling you what, once I made a turn and focused on God and started teaching the Bible studies and started winning people to God and building God's kingdom and putting, seeking God's kingdom first, oh my goodness, my life Many of you have probably had it happen, but my life changed dramatically. I mean, overnight. I went from not really caring about being in ministry to I'm 110% in. God, tell me what you want. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say where you want me to say. I, I understand what life is all about, and that is getting myself ready, getting my family ready, and getting everybody I can prepared to meet you someday. Because not all of us are promised tomorrow morning. It's very, very important we understand this stuff. I've had, in, I've had instances in my life. I, you know, I didn't plan on talking about this today, but here we go. I had instances in my life that let me know, you're not promised tomorrow morning. And very, very important that you understand. I've had people close to me that one day they were there, the next day, gone. Young Young folks and not promise tomorrow. I know we'd like to put that out of our mind, but I always tell myself, Lord, I know if I don't wake up in the morning, God, I want to be with you. If there's something in me, you take it out by the roots. If there's a wicked way, if I got bitterness in me, I don't know about. If I've done something to anybody or if I've offended you in any way, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, forgive me. And help me to turn away from that. And help me to live for you to the best of my ability because I want to make it. I want to live for you all the days of my life. I want to talk to you. I want to study your word. I want to be involved in your work. And I want to make it and I want to be with you. And that's what these end times really means to me and to our staff here at End Time Ministries. And that's why when I get a call in here that says, hey, we we need a church, we'll pretty much drop everything and say, okay, where are you at? Give me your zip code. Give me your, you know, oh, you're in Australia? Well, I'll get you a hold in touch with the missionary there, and he can get a hold of you. I just, the guy in uh, Poland, I had to get a hold of my friend that lives in Berlin, Germany, and he knew the missionary in Poland and got them connected, and they found him a church because he wanted to go to church while he was stationed over there. And th- it's happened to us. We, me and Doug have sent thousands and thousands of people to churches over the years. What are we doing? We're seeking first the kingdom of God in our life. We're trying to be spirit-led individuals. And that's how you're going to make it throughout the end time. I'll talk to you about something I talked to Kevin Freeman about my interview. I'll talk to you about it on the on the back side of the break. It's something you'll be interested in until you can hear the full interview uh, next week. It's about uh, your finances.
1: Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty?
0: You know, everybody, I did an interview Friday morning with a gentleman named Kevin Freeman. And he is over the Economic War Room. Uh, You may have heard that on Glenn Beck's uh, platform and the Economic War Room. And, you know, uh, I really like what Glenn Beck and them do and all the guys on there. They're very... uh, they're, they're very good at what they do as far as bringing out the secular side. of it. Every once in a while they'll mention God, but most of it is coming out from a secular perspective. If they could only get the prophetic portion and really understand what's going on behind the scenes and what's coming in the future, it'd be dynamic. You know? And maybe God will put us together at some point. We, we're working on some things now. You never know what's going to happen in the, in the near future, some big things. After the first of the year, end time is dramatically going to change, and you'll see that. Uh, I think some of you were going to be shocked at some of the changes here. And end time is big, but it's fixing to get a whole lot bigger. And it's going to be awesome. And my father-in-law would, uh, he would be, I think he would be shocked because a lot of things are getting ready to happen that he wanted to see happen over the years. And God is just really moving End times going through the construction phase right now. A lot of things are happening here at end time, and man, you guys are just going to be excited out of your mind. Uh, once we get everything done, we're going to try to have a big open house and have everybody in. It's going to be awesome. Anyway, did an interview with Kevin Freeman Friday morning. The, I'll give you just a little excerpt of the interview because the editors, uh, this is Thanksgiving week. Some of the edit, some of the people are off through the week, and so the editing's going to take place. Uh, first part of next week, and then we'll run the interview. You'll get to check it out. It's really cool. Part of the interview was about investments. Kevin works with EconomicWarRoom.com. Check it out, EconomicWarRoom.com. And he is looking into implementing a digital Texan. What that is, is you, the, uh, we have the Texas uh, bullion uh, depository here where Texas has gold. You understand that Nixon took us all the gold reserve, our money off the gold reserve back in I think it was 73. Well, these Kevin and a group of guys that he is working with are trying to put to put us back on a potential gold reserve here in the United States. Well, when I found out about it, I thought, man, cuz I've looked at these cryptocurrencies for a while as maybe a potential workaround for a way that Christians and people could survive during if a potential Mark of the Beast situation or something similar was partially implemented here in the United States. What are we going to do, right? So I don't believe it would be fully implemented, but, you know, maybe they could get something done here. I don't know. We'll see. Or maybe a workaround, maybe cryptocurrencies or something. Well, when I heard that Kevin and these guys were doing this um, digital gold coin or digital gold situation, digital dollar but a gold-backed digital dollar in the, in Texas called the Digital Texan. Now, it hasn't passed yet, so just don't go, I'm going to invest all my money. Just hold, hold on a second. Uh, they're trying to get it passed. They're, they're looking into it. However, um, I talked to him about that, and I said, I said, Kevin, one of the things I don't get really involved in on our program here, I have to be very careful, is giving financial advice. Even though I'm invested in some things and, uh, not Not much, <laughs> I wish it was more, but i 'm invested in uh, some things um, and but Kevin, I, I told him i said i don 't really deal with finances very much here. There may come a time when I would tell him what other people are doing or what i 'm doing, but the time 's not ripe yet for that I said, but um, he 's dealing with the economic war room he 's over all this stuff, and I, and he believes in the Bible he believes in Prophecy. He, he's watched End Time Ministries. He loves what we're doing. I love what they're doing. And I said, you know, one of the main questions I get here at End Time is what can I invest my money in to set myself up for the end time? And he said, well, he said, I've, I've heard that question. And he said, there's really, he said, the cryptocurrencies, if this digital gold back digital dollar in Texas was able to, we would get that, able to roll that out. He said, that might keep us for a period of time but he said there's nothing that is, go-. he said, but, the, you know, the, the, the governments and the, the world government, he said, they'll attack that over time and may stop that. So if if, if the, the mark of the beast were implemented here in the United States fully, and he said that um, the main thing we need to do in the end time is trust God. Now, this is coming from a, 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 a CFA, and so, you know, who's he's over the economic war room very high-level financial advisor, analyst for the government, and a lot of different people. And, but he says, there, uh, there, you know, with the cryptocurrencies, this gold-backed digital dollar, different things, if we could get that going, those might take us so far into it. But he said, if, it, if a Mark of the Beast system was fully implemented here in the United States, we're going to have to learn how to trust God beyond all that. And I'm like, Kevin, I had respect for you just by reading your the introduction that I gave him and all of your... Um, background and your history and everything the bio but wow my respect level just went through the roof because for a a a global level and economic analyst and advisor advisor to be able to say you know this will take the money investments and things will take you so far but you've got to learn to trust in God me and Kevin are going to work together there may be more interviews in the future but it's very, very important that you understand what I'm talking about is that trusting in God, living for Him, um, there's not a, a piece of a financial advice that I could give you right now to say, oh yeah, invest in this and it'll you're going to be set to the end. He had nothing to give me. Okay? That's not, that's not my specialty, it's His. And I want to talk to people like that to find out exactly where they're at. Now, That that's listen, that's a portion of the interview. The interview was all about world government and trying to implement it here in the United States and socialism and communism. Now, it's been here since the early 1900s and how all these Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, President Obama, all these guys have been placed there on purpose by with all of them with communist socialistic um, influences. If you understand what's going on in the United States, they're trying to push socialism. The... the Listen, the border security or the the border problem that we have and inflation and them trying to uh, do away with our energy independence and, I mean, all these different things, that's all a symptom of the core issue which is them trying to implement, the globalists trying to implement socialism and communism in America. They've got to weaken America Because they want a socialistic, communistic, one-world governing body. That's the goal, okay? But this is very prophetic. But the United States is the last great big holdout. We're we're a a, uh, capitalistic society. And it's what's made us the most powerful, richest nation on the planet. Well, they've got to weaken that. So they're weakening our... Through uh, Joe Biden. Now, with Donald Trump... He poured money into it to build the military and to make us energy independent and one thing right after another. But the socialist communists in America, you wonder why Joe Biden is, it's like he's trying to rip America apart. He's doing things that are, you know, if you would say, hey, the list of top 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, to build up America, well, he's doing. Uh, the list of 10, the opposite to try to tear America apart. Weakening our military, uh, weakening our schools, weakening our education system, weakening our border, weakening our energy independence. He's weakening America to the point where we won't be able to resist weakening our voting system. You understand what's going on, folks? There's a reason why they don't want us to have a fair election in America. There was a fair election in Florida and look what happened. Do you ask yourself that question? How did Ron DeSantis and all the Republicans win in a landslide? Because there are strict voter laws down there. And so we need a fair election in America again. Without that, it's going to be we'll we'll, we'll lose America. Now, I know, prophetically speaking, we're not going to lose America. America is going to be here and stand with Israel all the way throughout the end time against the world government. So, could that be a a, a Donald Trump? Could that be a Ron DeSantis? And, And that's very important. That leads me into my next topic here. The Times of Israel. They reported that because I was wondering, so here, here's one thing I was wondering real quick. I was talking to my daughter, Holly, last night. We're talking about potential candidates for the for 2024. Because I'm telling you, 2024 will be here before you know it. They say, "Oh, Donald Trump." He announced two years early that he was going to run. Listen, Joe Biden. Look, at, he it seems like he got in office yesterday. Now, it I shouldn't say that. It seems like it's been forever. It seems like it's been eternity, right? But if he was elected. Just over two years ago. And I mean, it's went like that because time is flying. But 2024 will be here before you know it. So we were talking about potential candidates. Do you think, Dad, do you think it'll be a Donald Trump? I said, I don't know. I said, better him than the alternative, right? Yes. What about Ron DeSantis? I said, you know, Ron DeSantis would be a good candidate. I don't because I know the Bible prophecies. And I know that we've got to pull away from the government and stand with, Um, Israel. So I told her, I said, you know, I haven't heard much on Ron DeSantis and his stance with Israel. Well, then I get up this morning and read an article from the Times of Israel. Florida's Ron DeSantis to the GOP Jews. He said, Judea and Samaria is not occupied, but disputed. Man, I was so happy to hear that because the international community views Israel's right to East Jerusalem and the Judea-Samaria, the modern-day West Bank, as a flagrant violation of international law. Our president, Joe Biden, believes that. Even though God gave them that 4,000 years ago to, to a gentleman named Abram, and yet the international community denies that today. So what happened? Well, Ron DeSantis revealed his support for Israel and the Jewish community in an address to the Republican-Jewish coalition. And he was addressing the Jewish Republicans, it was, I think, Saturday. And, of course, he's the Florida governor, and he said that the West Bank was not occupied territory. A lot of people say, oh, the their occupation, the occupation, uh-uh. He said, but rather it's a disputed area, which is very important. When when we go to Israel Tours and we leave Jerusalem and we go down towards the Dead Sea and we go into the West Bank area, the Judea-Samaria, I will tell them all the story about this is not occupied land, this is disputed land. And I've had Edo, our guide, say, yes, Dave, preach, because the international community does not agree with that. They're occupying this land. This is the Palestinians' land. It is not the Palestinians' land. You'll hear that in every news source except some of the Israel news sources and some of the conservatives' one here in the United States. But it is not occupied. It was occupied illegally by the Jordanians before 1967. Israel drove them back and took the land that was rightfully theirs and had been theirs for thousands of years. That's what Ron DeSantis is talking about in his speech. He said it's a historical homeland to the Jews, as he was talking to the Israel bona fides and amid dismounting challenges to Donald Trump's control of the party. We'll get more back into this on the other side of the break, but it's very important we understand, hey, Ron DeSantis, very pro-Israel, and he understands history. Could he be a candidate in 2024? Possibly, time will tell. So Florida's Ron DeSantis was talking to the uh, Republican Jewish Coalition and he said, we were the first statewide elected officials to do public events in Judea, Samaria. Now, very important. Ron DeSantis here is using the biblical names for the West Bank as uh, favored by the right-wing Israelis. And he said, we understand history. We know those are there are thousands of years of connection to the Jewish people between them and the West Bank or Judea, the Judea-Samaria area down in there. That's very important when we look at a potential presidential candidate. We don't want somebody like a... Forget Republican-Democrat. Throw that out the window. Because there's so many Republicans now that are rhinos. It's crazy. And there are Democrats that are called... Dinos, because many of them are just absolute communists, okay? Not all of them, but many of them. Now, Ron DeSantis said, well, hey, I don't care uh, what the State Department says. They are not occupied territory and it is disputed territory. You got to know the history. And of course, the place erupts in applause. And it's very important that we look into these things as a a potential presidential candidate in the future, right? I want a president who's going to stand against the world government with Israel. Okay? If they're going to get a two-state solution signed, and we know they will according to the Bible, that can happen with somebody from Europe and the international community, but not the United States. We do not want to force or try to get Israel to trade land for peace. We don't want that. So when I see a potential presidential candidate in the United States that would be pro-Israel, whether it's Donald Trump or DeSantis, it doesn't matter to me. I want somebody who's going to stand with Israel, who understands the history and says, we can't divide this. This is crazy. Jerusalem is Israel's um, undivided eternal capital. We can't divide that with the Palestinians, who were all they are, is basically Arabs that were living there uh, at the time when Israel was brought back together as a nation in 1948. You understand? So, Ron DeSantis also spoke of his financial support for security at the Florida Jewish Day schools of enacting standards for the Holocaust education and signing legislation against anti-Semitism. Very huge when I look at a candidate to vote for, right? And again, it doesn't matter to me whether it's Trump, DeSantis, I want whoever's best for America, Israel, and anti-abortion and some of these other issues. Because to me... I mean, I can base an election on just a couple issues, right? If one's anti-abortion and one's pro-abortion, that's easy for me. I'm anti-abortion. So it's, at that point, the decision's almost made. Right? If God's anti-abortion, then Dave Robbins is going to be anti-abortion. I'm pro-life. Now, I know that's not politically correct, but I'm not trying to be politically correct. I'm trying to be biblically correct. Okay? DeSantis also vowed that to prevent campuses in Florida from becoming hotbeds of anti-Semitism like they have all across the country. And on Israel, he also talked about his past support for recognizing Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights, a big plus, because they've got to have that Golan Heights if they're going to go into a military uh, conflict, right? And then he he expressed support for moving the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem. Both of those things were done under Trump. I'm not. The thing is, I'm not dissing on Trump here, but I am saying that it it may be. I don't know this. It's two years off, but it may be a Desantis and Trump going against each other. I heard maybe uh, Joe. Um, uh, uh, um, oh man, I can't think of his name right now. Mike Pence might be running as well. Oh, man. Um, Everybody can do what they want. Uh, But I'm just saying that, you know, it may come right down to Trump and and DeSantis. And and Mike Pence is pro-Israel as well. I'm just saying, whoever's best for Israel and best for the United States, pulling us out of this world government mess and... Would be awesome with me and anti-abortion, which I think all three of them guys are. But um, and then also, uh, Ron DeSantis talked about opposition to the Biden-Khomeini nuclear deal, which was the JCPOA, uh, or well, so it was originally the JCPOA, but the one that Biden was trying to strike uh, with Iran recently, Ron DeSantis is against that. I'm against that because there's sunset clauses. It's the same reason Donald Trump was against it because it would allow them to eventually get a nuclear weapon anyway, plus it gives them billions and billions of dollars. Now, you say, well, ah, who cares? I mean, what, what what do we care what a politician thinks of Israel, right? Well, if you're going to be a productive member of society, you probably ought to vote, right? Because a lot of people, I've, you know, you hear these people that they don't vote, and then they're, oh, you hear them complaining about who got in. It's like, well, did you vote? No, there's no use. Why, why not vote? Why not let your voice be heard? And you say, now, in a corrupt election, okay, that's a whole other conversation, right? Because if it's an unfair election, then, you know, you, you just got to trust God at the end of the day on all this stuff. But still going to vote, still going to do my part in society, my civic duty. And to vote. And I'm going to vote for the best guy. I want God to see what I'm doing, right? All these people that are doing stuff that's dishonest, they're not doing it in secrecy. God has seen every ballot dump that ever happened. God sees all that stuff. There will be a reckoning someday. And so, but i got to keep myself right. And so, why do we care about a, a, a politician's position on Israel? Well, there are more prophecies about the nation of Israel than almost any other nation on the planet, right? Israel has a God-given destiny. We've done lessons before on Israel's God-given destiny. Israel is a chosen nation, period. You can deny that. You can deny the Holocaust ever happened. You can be anti-Semitic all you want. But I'm telling you, Israel has a... God-given destiny, and it's a chosen nation. If you know anything about the Bible, Israel's a chosen nation. The last, world, the last war on this planet will be fought in Israel, and it's a spiritual battle between God and Satan. And it, but it's going to be carried out among men, right? So it's only this little nation that makes up less than, what, one-tenth of one percent of the world's population. But it's in the news every day, every week, every month. On the, it's in the, Israel's in the headlines every day. And I, I'm in news sources all over the world. And Israel's in headlines in China and all over the place. Everybody's interested in Israel, Europe, everywhere. So if you're going to appreciate the significance of the prophecies that lie ahead for Israel, you've got to understand a little bit of the history. And this is what Ron DeSantis is saying. We understand the history. Really quick, for the short time I have left, the, 11, the first 11 chapters of the Bible, think about this, they're devoted to 2,000 years of human history. The flood, the Tower of Babel, Adam and Eve, the garden, the, um, Cain and Abel, I mean, all of that happened before Abraham came on the scene. 2,000 years of recorded human history. And then here comes Abraham. He arrives on the scene, and that's the first 11 chapters of the Bible. When Abraham comes on the scene, God slows way down and spends the next 12 chapters of the Bible on one man. Now, pretty significant, right? I mean, that indicates, obviously, how important Abraham was in the plan of God for humanity. Abraham became the the father of the physical people of God on the earth, the Jews, and the father of the spiritual people of God on the earth, the church. And because through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that lineage, Jesus Christ came. Right? So, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, says this. (coughs) Excuse me. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. And I will make thee a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. This is very important when we're thinking about a presidential candidate, right? I'm going to bless them that bless you. And I'm going to curse them. This is God, okay? Do you care what God thinks? God said, Abraham, I'm going to bless all... Now, this is an eternal promise. This is just as much relevant today as it was 4,000 years ago. And God said, Abraham, I'm going to bless them that bless you, and I'm going to curse them that curse you. Do we want a president that's trying to get Israel to trade land for peace? Absolutely not. We want one that says, hey, I recognize the history, and they're not occupying that land. That's theirs given to them by God. And the Bible says, And in thee, Abram, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Because the Messiah is going to come out of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that lineage. Abraham, out of you, out of your seed, all the world is going to be blessed. So, Abraham was called Abram until God changed his name. This is God's call to Abraham or Abram at that time. Then it was changed to Abraham later on. And he was called to go to the promised land. It was the land known today as the nation of Israel. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Okay? It's, where, it's Abraham's lineage. That's why the land is there today. You say, well, that's not their land anymore. It's been, you know, occupied by different people throughout time. Irrelevant. That's Israel's land. It was given to them by their father Abraham thousands of years ago. There was one point where Abraham said, Hey, have you remembered my son Ishmael? And God said, I have remembered Ishmael. I'm going to bless him. But that land, that promise is to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that lineage, Isaac, is who the promise is going to. And the Bible says that these promises went from Abraham, Isaac, to Jacob. That lineage, the Bible's very specific who the lineage was, not the Arabs today. Okay, he you well, Dave, you're not getting, you're not politically correct again. Now I totally understand that. Again, I'm not trying to be politically correct. That's for the politicians in Washington. I'm going to be biblically correct because I want to go to heaven. Okay, the Bible says, um, and so uh, from this one man Abraham every family on the earth will be blessed and he would be a blessing and any who blessed him they would be blessed by God any who cursed him would be cursed by God and this promise is still applicable to the offspring of Abraham the nation of Israel today God gave Abraham two promises the promise of the promised land and the promise of the promised seed the promised land was back in Genesis 15:18 from the river in Egypt all the way up to the great river, the river Euphrates. All the way, and look at it today, it would be down into Egypt, all the way up into Syria, way up into the river Euphrates up through there. So Israel only inhabits a small sliver of that today. And then, way over, it's a lot wider than it is today. So the area that is Judea, Samaria, which is where Governor Ron DeSantis was specifically talking about, that's Israel's folks. And he recognizes. That, hey, I know the history here. I understand that God gave this land to Abraham, and I'm never going to try to get them to divide it. He said they're not occupying the land, it's their land. And man, when I heard that, I thought, well, hey, me and my daughter last night were talking. I said, I don't know where he really stands on Israel, but now I know. And so, hey, could Ron DeSantis possibly be a potential front runner for a candidate for president? I don't know. We'll see what happens. Should be interesting over the next short while, right? See who comes to the forefront and wants to maybe run against Donald Trump. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I want what's best for America and Israel in the end.